Welcome to the Pub Meeple Podcast with your host Gary, Chuck, Just Brian, and Robert Ryan. On episode 33, we talk about being a board game concierge. So grab a brew, join us at the pub, and let's talk board games. Alright guys, well tonight we've got something special for you. Proper Brian and I, we've kicked the other two guys to the curb. They're gone. We got some special, yeah, they're gone, man. We got some special guests. Uh, they don't even know we're doing this. Uh, surprise, no, they, they, they're, they're aware. So, but we, we decided we, you know, we're trying to vary up some things. And we thought we'd have some guests on the show. And Proper Brian uh, has some friends who um, are avid gamers. And they have some really cool ideas. And they have something, kind of a topic they'd like to discuss with us today. And we thought, hey, why not? Let's try it. Brian, um, I'm just going to pass this off to you. And tell us about uh, Hannah and Scott. Sure thing. So Hannah and Scott Garbaz uh, are two of my very close friends. Um, uh, Hannah and I go back almost as far back as I can remember. Like I've known her most of my life. Um, and uh, she married a great guy named Scott. Actually the same year that my, my wife and I were, were married. So we kind of share that history as well. They, they were married first. I'll give it to them. They are avid gamers like uh like gary said and uh so uh, this topic that we're bringing to you tonight is a good one but before we get to that i want to throw it to them to let them introduce themselves a bit um hannah why don't you tell us a little bit about uh yourself okay so i do really love board games obviously scott and i really started building our collection together and i think that's when it really kicked off actually with Catan of all things which we do not currently own. Which we do not currently own anymore. Really? Uh, yeah, no, Scott doesn't like the robber luck variant. <laughs> I like games where I get to take turns, and I dislike games where I don't get to take turns. It's yeah. true. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so, like, like proper Brian was saying, um, we've known each other for a long time, and I know his wife even better. Uh, yes, yes. She was a bridesmaid in my wedding, and... We're real excited. We've been listening to the podcast. Scott listens to the podcast more than I do, but um, that's because he has a 40-minute commute. That helps with podcast listening, yeah. And we'll talk more about, like, what games we love and all that kind of stuff, but I would say my, um, it's impossible to say your number one game, but the game I'm most excited to pull out right now um, is Vindication. Okay, very cool. My love. All right, I'm Scott Garbaz. I have a background um, PhD in medieval literature, which I use super effectively in my job as a high school physics teacher. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I like school a lot um, and I like games a lot. And as you know, you can see, I like both games that make you think and games that let you tell great stories about going into dungeons and swords or getting eaten by aliens or, you know, whatever. Probably like currently, I don't know, um, hard to pick a favorite game, but I'd have to say the game that has been the most workhorse for me this past two years has been Imperial Assault because my oh, son Joseph good. adores that game. It's like I get very off cool. work and am exhausted and he's like, daddy, we need to play the Star Wars game. And you know, um, this time, last time we were playing it was the first time, because he only does the app thing because he likes the, the screen, but the first time we randomly rolled Ahsoka and he was like super excited and 
<laughs> Very cool, man. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Ahsoka's awesome. So that's probably the top, although I have been listening to this podcast, and it's been making me really intensely curious about this legendary epic game called Lords of Zidit. So oh, I'm going to have to oh. take that. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, enter at your own risk there, but I mean, buyer beware. No, it, I, I know a lot of people love the game, and I know we joke about, um, you know, us not liking the game, but I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get it and you, you play it. I, I was mostly joking. I mean, yeah, I, no. I, I, I wouldn't mind to, like, you know, play through. But I think, I think, I think if Jess Bryan's listening right now, he's cringing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In my yeah. Is so as always, and, and even though we have guests, we're not, we're not going to uh, deviate from this as well. Uh, what do you guys, what's your brew tonight? What, what do you guys have? I took a trip down to the Bitter Sisters um, in Allen, Texas, which is about 30 minute drive from us and got a knockout uh, Irish style red ale. And it is yummy. That just sounds Irish style red ale. Mm-hmm. Any day I would, I would try that. Yeah. It's like amazing. a brown ale, but more slightly citrusier. And mm-hmm. now mm, I'm going to get a sip of Scott's. So because my wife does love me, um, she got from the same brewery, the Family Trip Belgian Style Triple L, which okay. I only refer to as a fake triple because it was not made by monks who have taken out <laughs> silence and are so extreme that Franciscans think they're crazy. Um, but um, <laughs> but it still is surprisingly delightful, and I am pleased by it. Yeah. So, so triple no valve silence required. We're just Brian with us. I think he would he would actually he loves the triples, and so I think he'd he'd want to he'd want to inquire a little bit more about that one. Uh, I, I know for myself, I was actually my schedule changed a little bit uh, today, and so I didn't get to make the the trip to the store that I that I had planned. So I am drinking. Uh, I'm actually drinking the scotch tonight, uh, blended scotch. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. It's called Monkey Shoulder. It's kind of like a great bang for your buck um, blended scotch. And I am drinking it in the Murder Hobo's glass that we had made for, or one of our players made, um, had made for our Gloomhaven group. So that just makes it extra, extra tasty. Um, we, we decided just, you know, a lot of times people refer to the RPG players as um, Murder Hobos. And so we thought, hey, we're going to totally like live in that. You know, we're going to inhabit that fully with our Gloomhaven group. And so we named our, our group the Murder Hobos on, on paper. And uh, yeah, and so one of the other, one of the guys, um, decided to buy us all a glass. So that's what I'm drinking tonight. How about yourself, Proper Brian? Well, it's been a while since I've actually had a, a beer on the podcast, which has been kind of frustrating, I guess, a little bit. So tonight I went back to one of my one of my f- kind of standby favorites, and that's the new Belgium 1554. Oh, oh um, so good. It never disappoints. It's, it's mm. one that I can always enjoy. So I thought, I saw it in the store. I was like, yep, that's the one. That's, that's what I'm going to go back with is a 1554. Man, I, that's probably my favorite beer of all time. Oh, what, you guys ha- have you guys had that one? I think oh, you yeah. said you had. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a perennial favorite. Like, okay, you know oh, I wouldn't man. put it up against like you know an eighteen dollars Chimay, but oh, I also okay, yeah, afford dollars Chimay, whereas yeah. I could afford that one. I mean. <laughs> If I, if I was drinking like the $18 Chimay or Golden Drug all the time, yeah, you know, that'd be great. But I mean, for as far as the beer I'm going to find at the store, right? And, and that's not going to set me back. Uh, you know, I don't have to um, fill out a loan application every time I go to buy one. Uh, you know, yeah, the 1554 is one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Yeah. Before we get started, the main topic, let's, um, let's talk a little bit about what we've been playing. I know we in, in our chat kind of before we started, you guys had mentioned you've been doing some telegaming. What have you been doing via that and how are you doing it? Well, we have Tabletopia 
a tabletop simulator and various and sundry games on Steam. Okay. Mostly, Very cool. we've been playing uh, Terraforming Mars and Scythe, um, and we own both those on Steam. So we've been playing those native in their app. We did for the first time since we moved into this house, which was like um, almost a month ago now. Mm -hmm. uh, last night, Han and I played a physical board game together. Oh, wow. Oh, what was that? It was um, Splendor. Splendor. Oh, very it's cool. One of our perennial. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. just, you know, a it's distillation a of like, it's the engine building game distilled to its essence. Right. We were very tired. Yeah. So, yes, we needed that's, some that's pretty cool. And, and I think it's neat. Um, you know, you guys are actually doing some of those games and their native Steam apps. I haven't really ventured into that. I have the Scythe app. And so maybe after this, we need to get together and, and play a oh, game yeah. sometime. Uh, Proper Brian, have you been getting any gaming in with, with the kids? Yeah, most of what I've been playing with them has been like kind of the short and it's stuff I've already mentioned on here, except for one. I don't think I've mentioned this one in a while. And it's gonna it's 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 just a silly fun game. It's loop and chewy. If you guys Very are cool. familiar with Loop and Chewy, yeah. no, okay, so <laughs> it's it's the Star Wars version of Loop and Louie. So it's basically it's this contraption. Are you familiar with Loop and Louie? Yes. No. no okay. So uh, I'll just I'll explain Loop and Chewy. So Loop and Chewy is uh, you've got three stations around this center kind of motor, right? And on uh, on that motor sits this arm with a, a a Millennium Falcon that kind of goes around in a circle. Okay. And the Millennium Falcon, as it goes around, is trying to knock these little uh, discs that you have um, off of your tray or whatever. And the way to keep it from doing that is to use a little, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. It's like a little lever kind of thing that you press and it knocks Chewy up into the air, right? And hmm. so you're trying to keep him from hitting your, your discs and uh, by knocking him into the air, but hopefully landing him on someone else's discs as he goes around. Uh -huh. uh, it's uh, extremely silly, but my uh, three-year-old and five-year-old love it. They yeah. they ask to get it out all the time, which is great. It's super That's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you have little bitty kids and you want some silly Star Wars fun, Loop and Chewy is always a, a good one to go to. I have been, and I'm trying to remember if I talked about this on the last one, but I've been playing um, Golf Mobile in Ohio, and I played that uh, about two or three weeks ago with the family. I really, really like that one, and what I what I like about these uh these winsome reprints these um these cube rails games is um they tend to be like an hour or less an hour hour and 15 minutes you know hour and some change a page or two of rules um very very light you know the components um the board's pretty simple because you're going to be putting a lot of cubes or, or rails or, or mini trains or whatever it is for that particular game and they're not hard to teach so i taught my, my family i played with um, my wife and my two oldest kids I have, I have four children uh it's it's mainly if you love auctions like 20 something companies are included in the box, but you're not, probably not going to come out with all of them, but it's like auctions, there's auctions upon auctions, you know? And so it's one of those games. It's got a lot of that, but it's not really hard to teach. And then I actually got um, another play of Irish Gaijin, which uh, yes. Brian and I, you and I have talked about that. Now, the reason I mentioned that now is our main topic for tonight, which uh, we'll go ahead and, and, and kind of jump right on into that, which it's a topic that, now, Hannah and Scott had, had, I guess, been talking with you about quite a bit, Brian. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's the idea of being a, what, what you guys call, and I love this term, by the way, a board game concierge, right? Cool idea. And we've been kind of talking, um, preparing for this episode. I really love, you guys have put a lot of thought in this idea, more, more, than, more than most. And, and it's, it's really cool. And so just to kind of make sure we're all kind of on the same page, can you kind of, kind of define what you would call a uh, board game concierge? Can one of you guys kind of... Sure. 
uh, distill that for us, maybe? We kind of came up with the term because we were trying to figure out, it kind of was a reverse discovery thing. So we've, hospitality is a really important thing to our family and to me and Scott. And so we want, but we, and we love board games. And so we want to be able to introduce board games to people. And we want to be able to not just like be like, this is my favorite thing and be the shiny nerds about it. But because that is so easy. Yeah. yeah, We've all been there, right? Yeah. Yeah. But we also wanted to um, have the people that we introduced the game to also think it is their favorite thing. And so we wanted to give them an experience that was suited, not only like a really amazing gaming experience, but also like really suited to each individual. And after we've been doing this for quite a while, we kind of sat down and we're like, well, what what is it that we're actually doing here? And that's when we came up with the term board game concierge, because what we're doing is we are, you know, suiting the game that we're choosing to play to both like the people that are playing and then also like everybody's mood and how what what you know what you know are they gamers are they not and so all of those like factors kind of mishmash in together and when we're doing it right everybody has an amazing time whether they've been board gaming for forever or this is their very first time to sit down with something that's not sorry or connect for okay yeah very cool and i think what what you said is one thing that you said that was kind of important is is kind of something you developed over a lot of time probably a lot of trial and error it sounds very purposeful about this you know like so you this is something that you guys have um really cultivated which is neat because you know like brian said you know a lot of times um we show up and it's like i have shiny thing i want to play it i mean i think we've all we've got people in our abilene group and, and we love them but they show up and they they they're like i'm only interested in playing my game or my bag of games and they'll sit there and watch other people play until finally they can get a group that they're that they're roped in for their four-hour game or whatever right and it's like man maybe that's great on another night but you know try try being a little bit more open and so yeah so your your ideas you know that that's ideal if we could all kind of try to at least embody that that i that spirit of what you're talking about i think we'd all have better game nights right so. Yeah, mm-hmm. and more of them. <laughs> yeah. And more. Hey, who, how can we? How can we lose if we're not having? If we're having better game nights, potentially people want to come back, right? You know, <laughs> they go, hey, can we do this again next week instead of uh, maybe next time I see you, we might talk about doing that. You know, so yeah. My whole thing with that is I like to play games. It doesn't really. I'm not sure I have my favorites, but I just like to play games. So if I can get somebody to enjoy playing games with me. Even, you know, so if I'm tailoring a, a game night to them to try to encourage them yeah. to like more games, to play more games with me, then that's a win. Something I thought that you guys, uh, you guys said when we were kind of first talking about this, this topic is uh, that even though you guys are, you know, you're obviously married, you, you play together a lot your tastes are really different. Like, I think you even said the, the, the way you introduced that is you said our top nines look very little alike, yet you end up playing together a lot with, all, with the same people a lot, I, I assume, right? I mean, you're not always two different tables at a game night. I imagine you're probably at the same table very often. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that kind of developed, helped you develop that? Yeah, well, I mean, when we looked at our top nines, which, you know, when you're on a nice long road trip, that's what you do, right? You <laughs> figure out your new top nines. Um, we realized that right now, I think we have, 
maybe one or two. I think two it was either one or two. In common. Um, in common. But then but we then have like five of our top 11 in common or something yeah. ridiculous like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, th I think that really reflects our taste is it's like, um, especially my ideal games, I'm kind of an extremist. And so I want to be playing Here I Stand. Um, for a long time, I wanted to buy On a Distant Plane, um, the Afghanistan war card game. You know, I have um, High Frontier Kickstarter arriving by Christmas. Um, oh, and I love be friends. intense, I love these intense gaming experiences that are often um, uneven and bitter and unfair, but you're not playing for a game to treat you nice. You're playing for a game to tell you one heck of a story. And, and you know, I don't care if the story it's telling me is My Little Pony or um, Game of Thrones, as uh, even if I'm the guy who ends up with his head off halfway through the first book of Game of Thrones, I don't care as long as it's telling that epic story and I get to be a part of it. And, um, and so that's like my ideal. And I think that's what gives a lot of separation, but we meet in like mm -hmm. almost our third favorite games type of yeah. thing. And so what I'm usually looking for in a game is I like the puzzle. I like to figure out how a game works and all the different ways that I can play it. So I love those crunchy Euro games with lots of different, like with engine builders and things. So I like like tapestry or um, recently been playing uh, Vindication, which is, kind of closer to what scott loves mm. um it's a euro game it's a euro game but it's got a lot it has of, a like, wonderful thematic and i get to paint the minis it's true it's a wonderful <laughs> thing. um but or uh, cr uh crusades um by will mm. crusaders i will be done that one's real fun um so i like those games because what for me is the most fun like i literally have more fun when i'm losing a game because i haven't figured it out yet than when yeah. i'm like continually winning because then it's boring like i've got this now and what's the point this is true as long as the game is not game of game of thrones okay okay now that is not fair you literally i you say this is not true but i did not get to take a single actual action he completely obliterated my poor Starks. i was the lannisters she was the starks what was i supposed to do okay okay and you have to know this was almost a decade ago it's true, and, and you still remember this. this is so, uh, oh yeah, Hannah has never played um, Game Game of Thrones since this and um, the game of Carcassonne, where we were playing with the princes, and he made a heart-shaped city and kicked me out of it, so that no one got oh. the point for it. Because it's a two-player game. A two-player game means taking points away from you is the exact same as giving points to me. It's yeah, yeah, but you made a point of making it heart-shaped. Well, that was funny. Oh wow. <laughs> Man, whoo, whoa. Hey, I, I, whoa. We, what, what did we just step into? No, I will say this though. When, when you guys were describing, like when Scott was describing his favorite games, I was like, I want to play games with you. And then when <laughs> Hannah was describing her games, I was like, I want to play games with you too. So uh, no, that, that's interesting though. So I can see where, where you're saying though, like you find that middle ground, right? You find, uh, oh, yeah. you know, what, 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 you know, like something like uh, Crusaders. I haven't played it. Crusaders, I will be done. Looks to me like it's a great Euro style game with a lot of thematic elements so it can kind of pull someone in and, and it looks like it would almost tell a, a story or, or a story arc over the game and so i think if you One can of the best things about crusaders that will be done is that it's got a lot of depth but it's actually real fast it's like scythe that way it's got okay. mm -hmm. it, it, it's actually but it's a lot easier to teach than scythe i think it's faster than scythe oh yeah 
yeah it's fashion side but, but it's got that but it's got that same feel where you're mm -hmm. like you put the game out and people are like whoa this is this is too yeah. much like how can i possibly right. learn this and then you're like no 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 it breaks down real good and the turns are fast and i like that i like a game that, that's snappy you know i don't want uh you know playing with somebody with analysis paralysis is kind of I got to have something else to do with my hands. When we were kind of talking a little bit about preparing for this, uh, for this episode, um, you had some really great ideas about basically how you help people pick out a game. And you kind of had a little bit of a list. It looks almost kind of like, a, almost, I can imagine like a mental little list, like checkbox. Okay. Like how check, 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 you know, can you tell us a little bit about that? Cause I actually really liked how you broke it down. It was, it was like, man, that's kind of what we think about, but I don't ever write it down or have never actually formalized it. So, and I, I really love what you did. Yeah. Okay. So when we start, when we invite people over to come play a game with us, um, we know who we're inviting, right? If, are they young? Are they, you know, our parents' age? Are they our age? Are they, you know, have they played games a lot? Like, so you kind of access the game level experience and, and the size of the group. And so that's when, when you're, when you're inviting people over to play board games, you just kind of decide like, what games am I going to have ready to pull out? Uh, what games am I going to sell? What, like, cause you know, you might like be like, ah, yes, this game like power grid will be perfect for this group because it's got that great rubber band mechanism and that's good for newbies, but it's still got some crunch and it's good. And, but then you get to the table and people are like, no, I want to play some other game, you know, they, they, they get drawn by the shiny on your, on your shelves or whatever. And so you have to be ready for that. But we usually try to have like three or four games picked out based on uh, the experience level of the group, how many people and just kind of, and also um, how long, yeah. like more experienced gamers are going to be happier with a longer game. But if that I'm, makes, teaching, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm. If I'm teaching somebody that's new to, that's never played anything, oh, yeah. uh, that's ever had a better experience than Monopoly, then I'm not going to break out a really like dense game. It's yeah. going to be more, you know, Sagrada, Azul, Splendor, that kind of like something that still gets them. Or Lords of Waterdeep. Lords of Waterdeep is one of our prime oh, learning games. It's a very good game to do that with. Yeah. It's Super good yeah. worker placement with some really deep theme so that people can get past the idea that theme actually impacts gameplay. Well, and like also just, but the theme teaches that game yes, so the well. Theme teaches the game because really it's well. like, oh, you go here and you play a sneaky card and that lets mm -hmm. you do something sneaky. And you go here and, you know, I have a sense of humor that really loves the idea of just like throwing party after party of hapless. D and D heroes at these threats and then taking credit <laughs> yeah. for it and becoming important person of the town. Yeah. yeah, you're really kind of throwing the heroes into a meat grinder. You know, like some of you won't yeah. come back. Most of you won't. In fact, you know, many of um, you will die. die. But that's yes, a sacrifice I am willing to make. Yeah, you know, I, I don't really care what happens after the you complete the mission. You know, yeah. <laughs> all that matters, I get some uh, some gold cheese its as we call them, and you know, <laughs> you're good to go. Right. <laughs> So once we have our list, we will usually, like, if it's a game that we haven't played in a while, I might pull out the rules and just, like, make sure that I'm familiar with it. Um, and some games are definitely more teachable than others. So, and that also is another thing where you're keeping gamer experience in mind. If I'm getting a group like you guys together, even if, you know, even if we're breaking out a game that I've only played, like, twice, 
I feel like we can all decide kind of, you know, people who have played board games a lot, you can all just kind of sit down and be like, okay, this is a worker placement. It has, you know, elements of engine building and here's the quirky thing about the game. And like, you yeah. can, you can frame it with those terms that if I'm sitting down with my mother-in-law, I can't use. Yeah. And no, so, I but it. I want yeah. my mother-in-law to have an amazing experience because I want her to not be like, let's play bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to play something else. What I really like about the way you guys approach this, and I think a lot of us kind of do some of these things maybe, but just the fact that you guys have like really put a lot of um, thought into it kind of very intentionally like made, like you even had, you even had a list kind of that, that you're able to, um, when we, had, we started talking about it, you had a list very quickly um, because you're able to, you think about it all the time. But when you, I think it's important to note, like when you just put a little extra effort into that game night and you sometimes, and like we've talked about, sometimes we really want to play that trendy new game we just got yesterday, but is it really the best, right? And so, and, and you know, we want to have that ideal game night. And and I think what you, what you said is really important. It's, yes, you may really enjoy that game, but if everyone else around the table is miserable, are they, A, are they going to come back? And then and B, are they going to want to um, play games ever again? And so I think, you know, when, when everyone else, when everyone's having a good time, you're probably still having a great time too, right? Yeah. Oh, and so, yeah. yeah so we have yeah. those, we, we've kind of intentionally um, curated our board game library to have some of those introductory games and kept around even some, like, while we don't have some of the older, we don't have Catan anymore. Yeah, um, <laughs> but we've kept some of the games that we like Ticket to Ride and mm. some of those classics that more people might have like heard about just as more stepping stones so, so then while we're playing the game we can be like we can point out what the mechanics are like and so that then we're teaching that vocabulary subtly sneakily so that then the next uh -huh. time we can be like okay you remember we just played Splendor. Splendor's that engine building game we're talking about. Let's play Dominion now. It's a different kind of engine building. And so we'll look at cool. like, like the deck building type of engine building and we'll see how those two things are different. And that's kind of circling to what I'm, um, what I'll, I'll talk about in a minute. And so if I want to teach a game to my mother-in-law, it's going to be a game I'm really familiar with. It's going to be shorter. It's going to be under an hour for sure. And probably under 45 minutes. Yeah. Time teaching time and it's only going to have max like two mechanics and it's going to be something i've played decently recently so that i'm not referencing the rule book i yeah. know the rules and that's real important and it's also really nice when it's scott and i playing together because i don't know if you guys if, if you guys have watched there's a really really great um YouTube video on how to teach board games. Shut I, up. It's from shut it, up and sit shut down. Up, shut up and sit down. Yeah. It's yeah, I've seen that one. It's amazing. Yeah. And I highly recommend it to anybody who wants to teach people how to play board games because it just takes a lot of those things that if you've played a lot of board games and been taught, like all the people that are really good, because you know, there, there's some of your friends that you're like, I want you to teach me the game. <laughs> because yes. you're really good at explaining things and when that other person taught me the game I was sitting there reading the rule book for half an hour and you want to know when you know one of the things that they talk about is at some point you just you want to jump into the game like faster than you would normally yeah without knowing it all and those core games we've usually taught enough already that we don't have to practice teaching it but if there's a new game that I'm really excited to break out then Scott and I will probably sit down and play a game and talk about like how we're going to teach it. 
and hey, we get to sit down and play a game. Yeah. But um, that, that's not like you're like just wasting time at that point. You know? right, yeah. <laughs> we got to prep for game night, you know, with, it, with the game. It's, it's, it's something yeah. that we have to do. Or, yeah. or I'll break it out on Tabletopia or, or watch, you know, a couple rules explanation videos. Yeah. And just it, like I said, it all depends on the group. Like when we, we had two regular groups and one of them was kind of was bigger. And so if we got like a seven player game that was actually really good, like um, the uh, Captain Sonar, which is a real good big people game, big, you know, large group game, then we would sit down and all play it together. Um, or New Frontiers. New Frontiers is also real good that way. But mm-hmm. a lot of times we'd break out into two groups. And so one group would be like, I, I'm not, I don't have the brain power right now. I just want to play something we've played eight times already. And my group would be like, root. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Scott's well, group would be the uh, one playing something new and exciting. And that is often the way it ends up being is that I end up being the one that's like, I, I think I just want to play something a little more familiar. Yeah. And you have cool. to recognize that even experienced gamers are gonna have that. And that's really yeah. important. I I think the the people in our local group that um I like to try to trick into teaching me games. <laughs> our uh, proper Brian and Jeff, uh, our friend Jeff, who's actually been on the podcast. Uh, so I'll, I'll mention to Jeff, and I, I know he'll listen to this, and uh, he, he knows I do this anyways, so it's no secret. But I'll say, hey, Jeff, I got this really cool new game. Have you heard of it? He's like, oh, let me look at it. And he'll, like, he'll like take a picture and be like, hey, I'm going to look at the rules on BGG. And I'm like, yes, why don't you? You know, <laughs> like, like, It's not that I'm not going to look at the rules, too. I'm going to read them, but I'm, and I'm going to show up, and I'm going to like try to teach. And then Jeff will go, oh, yeah, I remember it said this and that. And then he'll like help me. And so sometimes I just sit back and go, okay, Jeff, like hands yeah. off. That's fine. You know, but it's good to have those people in that group, whether it's yourself or to recognize that, Hey, I've got someone in my group who's a great resource for this. And if, if he or she is really good and like Jeff, Jeff's just one of the nicest guys you, you'll meet. So Jeff, he gets excited about games. If, if he's truly excited about it, you can go, okay, well maybe we can co-teach this. Right. Or, Hey, if you're really, if it's when he's already played, I'm like, well, Hey, why don't you kind of lead and I'll just kind of assist. And so that's a good point. Being properly prepared. Yeah. I mean, that's, you got to do that. Right. I think the point also is that like knowing who that person is, like, even if it's like your game that like you're bringing to the table, but you know, someone else at the table has more experience with it or is a better teacher of that game and allowing them to have that, then you kind of have the spotlight for that is important. Just Brian recently taught, my copy of Madeira to myself and several other people. I've played Madeira. I knew how to play Madeira, but he's better at explaining the rules. He's actually put a lot of thought. He actually had like a document he created to like help him, like remind him. And like, so I was like, why would I insist that I'm the one teaching it when you're far better prepared? You're very eager to do it. He was ready to, he was actually wanting to test his teach out. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's a hard game to teach. I love Madeira. Madeira is amazing but it's not one that I relish teaching. But I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's like you said, like realizing where people maybe are excited or, or can, or are or, or willing to do that. I mean, jump, yeah, jump in, make, make them part of that. You know, now, now we're, now they're a concierge with you, right? You know, your, your team and, and if they're excited, they're more than willing to help. And then their excitement, I've noticed like when someone else is really excited about a game, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's contagious, right? Everyone else gets excited. And when I'm excited about teaching a game, and I can really get into it, I'm, I'm going to get get your attention, and we're going to get through the teach quicker, and we're going to jump in. And then, you know, when you have questions, it's not like, um, you know, it's, it just goes very, very smoothly, you know. 
Hannah, there's, there's a point in your notes that I noticed that I'd really love to hear uh, you talk about, and that's uh, that good teachers lose. To quote um, the, I forget who I'm quoting, but one can speak of aspiration as well as from um, possession. Was that Jane Austen? I don't know. I, that sounds Jane Austen. Um, yeah, I'm but, giving him um, a hard time by asking him to do this, I'll be honest, because yeah. Scott is... Scott is I'm a little bit a, competitive. A little bit competitive. And doesn't, but, but I'm a great loser. He is a great I'm trying to be a good winner, but I'm not great at turning off the tactic side of my brain. Yeah. Um, this is so. something I picked up from that video I was mentioning earlier. And once the concept was in my brain, I was like, well, duh. So if you're, if you're doing a good job teaching the game, then you're not focused on your play as much as you are on the play of the people that are learning. And so a good teacher is having fun teaching the game. And so they're not going to play their best game when they're teaching because they're not focused on that. Um, I, I was saying, I have to admit that that is, even though it hit me like, oops, um, sorry, um, type thing, but that is something I've been um, purposefully. And what it comes up for me is it comes up I'll be sitting there on a turn and I'll be like, wait, is this the right choice or that the right choice? And then I'm like, screw it, that's not what I'm supposed to be paying attention to. And so yeah. when I feel that AP or just I have to focus on this, just throwing in a little more randomness, getting the game going, and then having more wavelengths engage with do, others. There's one thing you do with our group, with, with some of our core groups once we've been playing for a while. And I know it's part of your competitiveness, but it's when when you when you just decide, well, I'm 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 not gonna win, so I'm gonna make sure Jacob loses. Yeah. And and yeah, that's that's not necessarily. But as long as you don't pick on the newbie, yeah. that can actually be really useful. Yeah, I'm going to try to like, pick on the next best person. Right. Yeah. yeah. So he's going to pick on whoever's winning. You got to pick on the guy who caused you not to win. So like, <laughs> oh, Jacob, or hey, Scott, your move made me lose the game. Um, well, then what I what I have the rest of the game to spend just making you regret that move, right? Yeah. The Lannisters always repay their debts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and the Starks don't play that game. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 uh, I actually had, oh, I actually just had a similar experience uh, with this today. And this is the game I was talking about earlier, Irish Gage. So I had been wanting to play Irish Gage with my sister and my brother-in-law. They love to play games. So today for my, his birthday, my brother-in-law was like, yeah, I'd like to, like to play some games. And so I, had, I was like, man, Irish Gage is so easy to teach. It's, it's one page front and back. It checks all these boxes for me. And so I, I brought that to teach them. And I, my other sister was actually, actually came into town today for that, um, for the birthday. And so um, we were able to include her and she's not, she likes to get into games, but she doesn't game very often. So I was a little worried about teaching that to her. Um, I, I ended up losing the game. It was fine with me. I was making, I made some bad decisions because I was kind of distracted trying to ensure everyone else was understood what was going on. In fact, I even started a dividends round and it was not optimal for me. And, uh, and then they, they loved it. So I actually put the game up and they're like, Oh, you put it up. We wanted to play a second time. Hmm. And I was like, well, yes. So like, obviously something <laughs> right happened and I didn't even play the second time. My daughter, my teenage daughter who had, who was like kind of watched us explain the game. She was like, Oh really? Can I get in on this? Well, we already had five people. I said, how about I, we just be on a team or I'll just help. I'll be like the guy that runs the, the, uh, the dividends rounds. Right. But I think this kind of speaks to a couple of the, a couple of the points you're talking about. 
you know, it was kind of one of those moments where everyone had fun. We were all talking. We were all laughing. The game wasn't too heavy, but it did do some things that, that I can then take and introduce, like, crunchier, heavier games with. And for me, and I, was, I, was, I actually had this moment. I, I went out to the, the fridge to, you know, take some drinks back. I was, like, kind of, like, laughing at myself. And I was like, yeah, that's right. That's the long con. I've been working on this for years. And I've played some other games. And I built up to where now I can get them to play games that I like. And so I was like, man, you know, like, I, I was just smiling. That, that right there, that's what, that's what Hannah and Scott are talking about, being a board game concierge right there. Like, everyone had a great time. Everyone wants to play that game or another game again. And mm-hmm. so, but and I lost. And so I think that's a good point. Like, it didn't matter. We had a blast, right? So, Gary, you were talking about the long con. And that yeah. reminds me of I, I am nearing the culmination of a three or four year process that began with like um, Peaceable Kingdom games to get the idea of co-op in and then went up and eventually we were playing um, Stuffed Fables, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, building up and then Imperial Assault. And then um, I tried a side thing through Lord of the Rings. And my goal is to have someone to play Gloomhaven with. Because I think Hannah would enjoy Gloomhaven, but she's not passionate, especially with the Euro game mechanisms and the figure it out. Oh, yeah. Very weird and distinctive characters that you get to learn. But she's not like, um, you know, dying to play it. Um, And and I've basically. If you can't import your own DIYs, fine. He's raising up our seven year old. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And in fact, (laughs) I have, in fact, that's my next bird game purchase is I've shown Joseph the trailer for Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, and it has the introduction. He, I mean, literally, this kid, you set him down with a game, and he's, he's deaf, so he's kind of hard to, he's has difficulty talking, but he will just look you in the eye and go, how many actions do I get? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, let me tell you, you know, yeah, that's awesome. That's a parenting win. Yes. Yeah, that was the missing piece. Was Forbidden Desert was the step between like the Peaceable Kingdoms and the um, stuff fables to get that co-op and multiple. And we played Pandemic too. Um, He enjoyed that. I think it's important to to kind of do what you did. Like, okay, if I want to get here, that's like step E, right? So what's (laughs) what's you know A through E? When it works, it's amazing. You know, like when you finally get. You know that jaws the line or whatever with your son. I mean, I, how awesome will that be, right? It's gonna be even better because now you've, you've evil masterminded, you know, dance puppet dance to your family. <laughs> Not really, but you know what I mean. You know, you mm-hmm. you you've had this this cool plan and and it and it worked. And so much like hey, when you're doing a game, right? When you're playing a game mm-hmm. and, and your 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 multi turn um, combo goes off. I mean, it's kind of a similar deal, except in real life, right? One of the reasons we can do this, we can do this kind of curating step by step by step is because we have very intentionally like built up a board game library of games that are very diverse. I I was actually really um, interested in talking about a question that you brought up, Gary, which was, do you, do we think that having a big library is necessary to be able to accomplish this, accomplish this idea of introducing people to games? And I don't actually think it is because we haven't always had a big library for one thing. That's actually a decently recent thing. But even when we lived in a basement apartment in Toronto and we're teaching board games to people from our church and we maybe had like six or seven 
But they were six and seven, six or seven very different board yeah, games. I mean, were, right. it was Power Grid, Carcassonne, Catan. But Seafarers of Catan, so it had expiration. Scrabble. Scrabble. So, uh, like, it was yeah. a very varied set of games. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't like seven worker placement games, right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so you had this, even when you had a smaller collection, you, you – um, intentionally, we're trying to keep it yeah. a variety, right? Uh, right. And and then I think we were we were starting to kind of build our collection. Um, and we had a friend that was, is one of the pe- those people that you just want to teach you board games like all the time. We would have this friend. His name is Ben, and he's an amazing board game teacher. And he mm-hmm. also has a unique, um, not unique, if you're in the hobby, but like a problem where he likes to buy board games a lot. Yeah, so he yeah he's he's a sizable collection and he's yeah so he had a really yeah. sizable collection um and it just kind of introduced us to this idea of having a really diverse collection which we'd kind of done almost accidentally because I mean early on in in board gaming there weren't a lot of really good choices like this this hobby has exploded oh yeah yeah it's and, a lot of choices now and so um I think that's when we kind of decided that we were going to be real intentional about grabbing games that were different from each other. Um, and that was about eight years ago. Maybe a little, I feel like a little more than eight years maybe, ago. Eight, maybe. eight or 10 years ago. And so wow. we've built up this collection now that I'm real proud of. We definitely still add to it more than is economically wise. <laughs> and I always, okay. feel, I always feel real bad about the games that are still in the shrink wrap. But... Yes. Like I said, we, we don't have our, our try new games group here yet, but I'm, I'm hoping, but that's, you know, there we are doing our concierge thing again. We have, what we do have is we have a core group of friends who repeatedly tell us that every game that we have introduced them to, they love. Mm-hmm. We so, also have a couple friend where the wife is a bigger board gamer than the husband. And so we are like conspiring, okay, would he like this? Would he, well, actually, two couple friends. Yeah. With this exact same situation, mm-hmm. both where the wives are um, bigger board games. So it's like, okay, do you have something that's not too complex but has giant robots murdering each other? Yeah. That might help. And you're like, okay, let's think. Let's think about what theme will catch their eye. And that's definitely that's something we didn't actually talk about very much is theme, and because that's yeah. definitely a way to pull somebody in. Like, you know, this friend of ours um, is huge into, like, math and statistics. So we might pop out. We've, the One of the games that I've taught him that he really enjoyed is Lovelace and Babbage, mm. which is oh, yeah. all oh, cool. the math, 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 math. Yeah. Um, but that's going to really speak to him. And so, that yeah, right. that, that's going to yeah. pull him in. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, well, and, you know, it sounds like, Prepper Brian, it sounds like that jives a little bit with, um, with Shuck. You know, when we talk about collections you know we always sometimes we give shook a hard time but you know he won't he's i actually admire how he 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 kind of curates his collection in that he if he's got like one work replacement game that is like a work replacement and set collection he doesn't really see another point see the point in having another work replacement with a strong set collection mechanism unless it's just either a replaces the other one or it's got something else that really kind of justifies him having it and so then he might have another book replacement but it'll have uh maybe i don't know maybe somewhere in there like this was thought like auction or something right and so he 
but he's got to, it's got to justify like his place in his collection. And I, there are times where I'm a little jealous because I'm like, I'm the guy that's uh, like buys and I'm probably in, in the past. I've been a lot more selfish with it. I was like, I, I want Arkwright. So I buy Arkwright. Yeah. I don't, I, no one's going to play Arkwright with me at this ball. Proper <laughs> Brown will play Arkwright with me. I don't want to teach Arkwright. Let's just be honest. So, um, you know, and I've got like dominant species. Yeah. Same thing. Like I want to get it out, but I'm like, and I've read the rules, but then by the time game night comes around, I cannot remember the rules. So, um, you know, so I, I found that I've got this collection that some of these games are like collecting dust and they're really great games. And like, I even talked to Brian about them and, and he's like, yeah, we need to play that. But if they're not getting to the table, it's almost like, wow, what's the point in having that? And so if, if you've got that little bit more purposeful collection, like you're talking about, maybe it's easier, right? You've got a game for this game group. You've got a game for uh, my in-laws. I've got a game for when Scott and I play, right? I got a game for, you know, sounds like you, you've kind of have this, this nice where most, I mean, I'm sure you said you still have those few in shrink, but you maybe at least have a plan for them. I, I think that's kind of nice. Um, yeah. Do you, do you end up buying, like, let me ask you this. Um, and I kind of want to know your thoughts on this too, Brian, because I think I know the answer, but um, when it comes to purchasing games, do you actually find yourself buying games with someone else in mind? Like it's maybe it's not even a game that you're really excited about, but you're like, Oh man, that the mother-in-law would love this or Hey, our church game group would love this. And it maybe not even something that really excites you. Do you ever, or, or do you still, is there, does there still have to be something that's kind of a hook to you as well? So yes, I think about that a lot. I think about who I'm kind of buying this for. Um, but as we were talking about, you know, your collection being purposeful, and that's something that I'm actually a really big fan of. I do have a, a kind of a space in my collection for what I call indulgence games. In other words, games that are for me that yeah. might only get played once, you know, but it's still something that just speaks to me. I don't try to make that a big part of my collection, but I allow those in there. But yes, for the most part, when I'm buying a game like uh, the King is dead, for example, I knew exactly who I was buying or I was getting that for. Right. Okay. Um, I got downforce recently and it's like, that's for my family. Right. I want to try downforce with Joseph. Yeah, um, Cause really he loves like racing. And I'd love to figure out what that Mario Kart modding thing is. I don't mm. know. But I'll, let me know about that afterwards. Um, yeah, can oh, yeah. I follow up to Brian just because I want to say, first of all, I kind of agree with both sides. Um, so like, as far as those games you love, I, I mean, I, I was kind of being a little bit self-mocking, but only a little bit. Um, I literally hugged Root before I put it in the box <laughs> to pack it away. So it was not one of like the five games that we had while we were moving between houses for three months. And then I hugged Root again when I unpacked it <laughs> early last weekend. Um, you know, so like there, there is such a thing as a game I love. And I don't know, sometimes that feels self-indulgent. Sometimes it feels like, you know, but it's a, it's a thing. Um, uh, the, what I will say is I'm not going to buy a game that I'm not excited to play. It's kind of like one of the things that as a teacher is so helpful to me is I love physics and then I love medieval literature, you know, whatever it is. I mean, I love knowledge and I get excited about that. And if I'm not excited, why the heck should my students pay attention? And similarly, exactly. if I'm not excited about this game, why shouldn't people um, play it? That said, I really, really wanted to get Nemesis. And I was like, who am I going to play with? It got to the point where I was literally messaging friends and like, would you play Nemesis with me if I were to kickstart it? And I got enough to justify kickstarting it because there, you do have to answer the question, you know, board games are meant to be played 
Yeah. I'm sure there are a few performance art exceptions, um, but you know, for the most part, they're meant to be played. And so, um, you know, I, I don't buy a game that I don't like, but I like most games, but I will buy, I will think of who I'm playing it with most of the time. <laughs> Your nemesis example reminds me, and I'm guilty of doing this to proper Brian quite a bit. I send him links to games and go, have you heard of this one? I was thinking about trading for oh. it. Uh, is it when you want to play with me? <laughs> and it's like, I know it's kind of pathetic, but there's like, there's part of me is like, basically I'm, 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 I'm his friend. I mean, he's my friend. So like, I'm going to be blunt with him. Be like, look, I want to get this game. Just tell me if you're interested. If you're not interested, you know, I may still get it, but you know, like. I'm not sure if I've ever answered in the negative to that no, question. <laughs> you haven't. And that's why, that's why, that's why I love you, man. Because when I go, you, like you, you never tell me, Gary, no, don't get, don't get that coin series game that we may never ever get to play together i'm like oh okay really so if i do play it proper brown will play it with me so that means i can go ahead and get it you know and one thing i think we need to talk about and something that we had in a recent microbrew and i kind of want to kind of close our conversation with with how to handle how to handle those fails right because they're eventually going to happen i mean you try really hard you plan you think you've got the, the group nailed right you're like oh this these guys are going to love ticket to ride or whatever and then 15 minutes in there's crickets you know not, you know no one's talking everyone looks like they're, you know, have, they have appendicitis or something, you know, they're just grimacing. Um, you know, I think we've all kind of had that moment where you're like, is, is everyone, you know, experiencing some abdominal pain at the same time? You know, I mean, it's like, I'm the only one who's over there like, yeah, I love doing this, you know? Um, so what happened, and, and I think in the, how I want to introduce this is one of our, our good friends in our Abilene group, um, Reed Ambrose, he actually sent us our, our this is our first uh, listener question. So, I'm going to read this. And then if you guys, I just want to want your input, whether you've actually had this happen before or not, maybe we can all just kind of talk through it as a group and help Reed figure out what to do in this situation. So Reed says, question for y'all, what are some ways to handle a situation where a player pulls away from the quote unquote magic circle of the game from either being too far from winning or has had some bad breaks in the game, but there's still a lot of game left to play. So when, when, when you can already tell, maybe it's a five player game and four people are in, and you can just still that you can just see that one person disengaging, you know, right? You know, uh, they've already they've already un, un you know undocked from the space station. They're ready to go. Like, have you had that? And how do you handle it? It's definitely happened to us before. I think um, there's there's like there's like four options. You can say okay, like you can call it, especially if more than if the majority is like is like that. There's like one clear winner, and everybody else is like, well, we have no chance, and it's done. You can just be like, ah, yes, Scott, you have won the game. You don't okay. have to play that's a good way to do it's it. Done. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's definitely one option. Another good option, if it's what you were saying there, where there's like one person who's who's like behind, you can you can change the rules. Like it's a board game. You can be like, dude, you messed up there. You're new to this. You know, let's give you an advantage that's gonna that's gonna rubber band you back into the game. Mm -hmm. yeah. Change the rules. That's another really good option. You can put a time limit on things and be like, okay, we want to finish this but but let's do it fast and so two more rounds or you know whatever whoever's winning by this it's a good one mm -hmm. that's a good one too and then if it's a seasoned gamer that's having that's that's, that's had those bad breaks sometimes you, that person like like i was saying earlier about how scott will sometimes be like well i'm not gonna win so i'm gonna make sure he loses well, so or i might just try to do something crazy or yeah are you yeah or they might just, yeah. you can mm -hmm. you know a seasoned gamer that's in that situation can sometimes just be like well and when it's my turn, I'm going to be like, well, because like I was saying, I like to try a lot of different mechanics yeah. and that kind of thing. I'm, I'm just like, well, I, I tried this thing. 
it didn't work. So I'm going to figure out all the ways it didn't work and like <laughs> try them all. The strategy that I tried. Um, I think there's, there's just some really good, really good uh, ideas on that. And, and I just wanted to kind of add like, you know, I mean, you, just, you really do have to be not afraid of quitting, of calling the game. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think that idea of like saying a couple turns and then let's set this new ending thing. We've done that a lot. Mm -hmm. But like one time that I'm remembering it, we had, well, we tried to teach five people um, Scythe by playing a seven player game of Scythe. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> made a mistake, but every single person around the table was identified as we knew they were someone who could lo really love Scythe, like they were that type it of gamer. It was four people's Scythe because oh, we had Ken, he was also a pro at this game. No, that wasn't no, that wasn't with Ken because it, it wasn't, wasn't no, it was um around our table, it was just our gaming group. Oh, that time, yeah. Oh, and yeah. so, what we ended up doing was we just kind of was like okay, well, this is taking longer. We didn't expect how much it was going to blossom with this many people and this many new people. And let's just call it. But then you know, we talk about it. And like with some of the friends, that Scythe has come up in our conversation. He's like, yeah, I, would, I don't know. I really kind of want to try Scythe sometime. Yeah. You know, so calling the game and saying, this is a bad experience. It's not a real, it's not a normal experience of Scythe. Here's why. And here's what we're doing about it, you know. So you salvage that game for them potentially, instead of instead of the uh, I'll never the starts will never play again. It's the um, well, I might give it a few months. I might play side. Kind exactly. of thing, right? I actually had this happen the other day in my house. I just not thought about this. So I my oldest daughter really liked our play of golf mobile in Ohio. She likes um, auctions and you know anything where she can kind of be mean to dad. It's great for her. And so. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's like right up her alley. I had got my, my son. Um, he's 15. She's 16. He's 15. And so he likes to kind of some of the train games, but not all of them. And so I, he, we, we wanted to play a game and my daughter was like, let's play this one. And of course I was not going to say no. And my son was like, yeah, I'll play. He, he's like, I played it once. It, it was okay. But um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure, but I'll play it with you guys. Cause I want to play a game. I could tell like by round two, like he was miserable. And I told him, I said, look, let's just do a reset. Like we'll either play another game or we'll just, we'll not, maybe tonight's not tonight. We'll do something else. And we ended up, we ended up all going our, our separate ways. Um, I ended up, uh, sadly, there was no game night, but I, I don't know that it was really a sad thing because while it was disappointing, it would have been worse to sit through, to force him to play a 45 minute game that he yeah. just hated, right? I would have had, I was already, I was so excited, and then by turn two, like, I was just soured on it because I could see he was miserable. He regretted saying he would play. And I, so I get, like you said, I gave him the out. I said, look, no hard, no hard feelings. It's, it's going to, you know, it's getting later anyways. Let's just call it quits. Um, and I even, I didn't even make him, I said, you know, you look tired, you know. So I didn't even want to make him, like, feel self-conscious about, like, not liking the game. I forgot I'd had that experience very recently. That was just this past week. So I think that kind of is drives with kind of what you've been suggesting. Proper Brian, I mean, what what are – I know we've kind of talked about this not too long ago, but this is a little little different too. What, what do you think – I mean, do you have any other tips, anything that you've encountered personally? I really liked uh, Hannah's options that she, that she mentioned. I, I want to throw one more on top of that pile. And that is – so in the question, it's uh, someone who is kind of – upset a little bit because they are behind and there's a lot of game left to play. And 
uh, in the context of our conversation tonight, let's say we're talking about someone who is, this is a first time play for them for this game, right? So another option might be to say, hey, we're not very far into this yet. Let's just restart and, and give you another chance at, you know, at, at trying it again. But, uh, and that's a lot of times how I couch the, the first game I'm teaching people, hey, this is a learning game. You know, if we need to restart it, that's okay. And uh, so offering that, that reboot, you know, oftentimes uh, I've only had to do that a couple of times, but every time it's been a success yeah. because, uh, because that person feels like, oh, I get another shot at, mm-hmm. you know, uh, at this, uh, trying this again. They've had the fail cycle and they can try again. Right, yeah. right. And there are some games where I just straight out say, you know what, I'd like us to play a turn or two. And at the end of two turns, I think you'll understand how this goes and you can decide whether you want to restart then or not. And just yeah, that's a really good that, idea. You know, we probably are going to restart it because you have to play it to know what you want to do and mm-hmm. let's do that. Yeah, and it's also, it's especially if you've been taking somebody along that path and this is not the first time you play with them, but this is like a new game. It's not a whole lot of bad idea to have a game that they really enjoyed in the wings ready to go and be like, oh man, that didn't work out. Well, let's 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 pull out, you know, this, you know, let's pull out a Zool. Let's pull out a, a short game that yeah. we know we all know mm-hmm. we like. So we can, you know, we can still have that fun experience. That's why you came to my house to do what you came to my house for. You didn't come to my house to do That's actually really those are really good as well. And I was gonna say, I think something that I've managed to I I can't be sure if it salvaged a game, but I didn't think about this when we had the, the microbrew, but you know, when someone, because this is a very specific situation, this person like maybe gets frustrated because they see someone just scored 50 points in a turn and they're like, well, how am I going to catch up? If I think that people are seeing early scores and it's, especially if it's a game where you know, like a lot of Euros, you can get like a 30 point move and then it looks like you're so far ahead, but it's like, no, really you're not. Like you have five turns left, the game's wide open, you could totally win. Um, I will kind of remind people of that. So, like, especially if I'm the one who just took a move and it put me up ahead and I'm the one teaching or I'm, I'm one of the ones kind of teaching the game, I will tell people, now, look, this is why I did this. But don't worry because if you look at, like, all your options, I, mean, I might even point out depending on their level of, you know, how they play. Like, you know, like, for example, that, that thing you just bought, you know, it's going to turn you out points every turn. And so I try to remind people that, like, mm-hmm. I think I think I've maybe been able to salvage it a couple times because then they a turn or two later they all of a sudden they're kind of like okay I, I, they start to disengage and then they get back in they're like okay oh wow I just had this amazing move and now I'm ahead of Gary or now I'm ahead of Brian right yeah. and so I think I think sometimes people just want to see that um, I, also what what's disappointing about it is that yeah we all love to win and I know like Scott you said you're real competitive but I mean if I'm playing games with people I enjoy, like, I would hope that I'm not that guy that gets disengaged. Mm. I'm sure at some point I have, I mean, I, we, you know, no one's perfect, but um, I, I just can't think of it. Usually if, if I'm playing games, even if it's a game I don't particularly enjoy, um, well, I mean, maybe that four and a half, five hour game of uh, Arkham Horror, maybe they could tell that I, I had a look of horror on my face. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like I felt, I was, I felt like captive, you know, like I was stuck in the corner. There's two large guys next to me. I couldn't get out. Like I, I, um, I felt like, but other than that, you know, I, I do think, so maybe don't like you had, you guys, I think we've had some good suggestions and I hope this helps read, but I'll also say if you're that player 
And I think this is important. If you're that player and you start to feel that way, maybe like just consciously think like, hey, I, can I salvage this? Like, is this game so horrible? I just, I want to get out of here. Or think to yourself like, maybe, maybe I need to just give it another turn, you know? So I think if, if you, on the flip side, I think it's important to talk about that. If you are that person and you feel yourself being disengaged, um, there's that. And then, um, or, you know, maybe even to say like, I try to tell my kids this, like, if, if you really just are miserable and it's a game where there's five of us and four of us are enjoying it, just tell us maybe, maybe, maybe it's the kind of game where it doesn't matter if you leave, you know, like, okay, well, you're just never going to produce resources anymore and we'll all just pillage your farm or whatever. It's okay. You know, that does remind me of one other thing that can happen. And that's another advantage of having two people uh, that are playing, um, that have played the game before there's their co-teaching is is you can set if if like if Scott just had this really great move and he's ahead, it's it can it can really engage the people if you're like okay now we're gonna get Scott mm, yeah now we're gonna now we're gonna all gang up on Scott and everyone he's loves lose. a human enemy and I have no problem being that yeah, way way is that in our group isn't he Brian we all yeah. love to dogpile on way and wait way eats it up he. Yeah, he, he's a good sport. So yeah, that's a good point. You know, like if if you're if you know someone else on the table that you can that not is not going to get upset for you painting a, a bullseye on him, like let, yeah. let's just make, or you know you maybe make make yourself that person. Be like, all right, I know you're all going to hate me, you know, and then no, then they're like, okay, yeah, we do hate you. Let's you know, <laughs> let's all yeah. let's all dark pile on you. Well, um, man, I I really feel like this has been a really fruitful conversation. I hope it helps some listeners um, yeah. kind of really understand kind of to step back and kind of think about how, how does they teach and introduce games? I mean, I love the idea of being a, a board game concierge. Like um, I want like some sort of cert- certificate. Maybe we need to print one up. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you listen, you know, listen to this podcast and take this quiz, you know? No, no. Um, so, but seriously though, I, it, it's been, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys and um, I really appreciate you guys coming in. Yeah. taking your time and like kind of sharing your experiences with us um and you know i, I know it's something that uh brian thank you for man thank you for introducing your friends to our to us so, i gotta share yeah, yeah hey you're, you're a giver <laughs> man you're, you're a share all right yeah. well all right well guys it was a great conversation if uh and i'm glad read if you hear this man thanks for sending in a question and to any other listeners if you have a suggestion for a topic uh if you've got a question like hey let's let's let these uh, these idiots talk about this for a while um you know not not you guys the four of us go ahead and shoot us an email so just pubmepo at gmail.com and and as always man we appreciate you listening and uh, we'll see you next episode thanks for listening to the pub Meeple podcast if you enjoyed our content like and subscribe share with your friends you can find us on instagram youtube and twitter at pubmeeple.com our website www.pubmeeple.com home to the board game ranking engine and always remember support your local breweries.